The following program is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friend. It is so good to be with you. Today is about calming the storms in your life and walking into the sunshine of peace and purpose. My guest was in a major storm. The storm was called sex trafficking. Her story is about being owned and then being set free by the power of God. But first, let me ask you, have you heard of Roger Bannister? Roger Bannister did something on the morning of May 6th, 1954, that had never been done. He ran the mile in under four minutes. See, up until that morning, they said it could not be done, but he set out to prove the impossible was possible. And what is so important about his story is after that, thousands and thousands of runners have ran the mile under four minutes. Because when we see one person do the impossible, it stirs the faith within us, and we go on to do the impossible. My guest today was in an impossible situation, she thought anyway. She was sexually abused at a young age and eventually was recruited as a dancer and sold herself for survival. But today, she is helping women escape the life of human trafficking, and she shares her story so others will have the faith to find freedom and purpose through a relationship with God. I'm so glad to have in the studio an awesome woman of faith and a fighter for justice, Sharon. Well, hello, Sharon. Welcome to the studios. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ron. How are you? I'm good. Wow. What age did you start? I was recruited coming out of 18, going into 19 years of age. So tell us your story. Well, um, I graduated from school in 79. I was a waitress, food waitress here on the Gulf Coast at 17. I was going to be an MIT in a particular restaurant that I was working in, and we had a regular person that came in for breakfast every morning. What's an MIT? Manager in training. At 18, I was training to be a manager. And you had a customer that liked you. He did. He was uh, very friendly. He was old enough to be my grandfather. And over time, he asked all the personal questions. And, you know, being young and being on your own, I didn't have any inhibitions as far as telling people who I was or what I wanted to do in life or the struggles that I was having, Um, even irregardless to the fact that I grew up as an introvert. But when you are in a restaurant, you have a different platform of letting your customers know that you're there for them. And, you know, in turn, they sometimes ask how they can help or give you advice as a customer because they're having a conversation with you over their lunch or breakfast. He used to come in every morning. I knew his menu before he could tell me what he wanted because I had memorized it. I have a good memory on stuff like that. Give him his coffee. He would ask questions. And this went on for probably a good five, six months before he made the initial invite, which now looking back, you call that recruitment into being a club for his employer. What was the invite? The invite was to help me make more money. If I wanted to be um, 
work in the nightlife since I was being a waitress during the day if I wanted to make more money in the evening. What's that entail, the nightlife? He introduced me to the club where he worked and um, asked me if I wanted to dance, bought all my clothes uh, for dancing. So he wanted you to be a stripper? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And you were 18? Yep. At 18, you're young, you're impressionable, Mm -hmm. you're a little bit naive. Did you have a lot of attention? Everybody looking at you, this nice, hot, young babe dancing? Yeah. The Behind the scenes, I was already marked as a target because I was sexually abused by my dad for 12 years. So I was already a target. What do you mean by that, a target? I mean that anybody who's been sexually abused, physically abused, it's almost like they have this neon sign over them and people know what to look for that are, they have inhibitions, they have... um People who don't have understanding of what kind of people are acting, they're a good judge of character on what their motives are to get you to do something that you do. So this guy that came in for breakfast and through conversation got to know that you had some sexual abuse in your life? I think that he knew the signs of what kind of girl he was looking for because traffickers tend to do that. They groom a girl but they know what kind of personalities. People who don't are not um, extroverts necessarily. They're introverts. They have uh, personal issues going on, and they want to be the one to let you know that they got your back and that you can trust them. What happened to you then won't happen to you again, but uh, but it does, but at a bigger volume. And they're going to take care of you, right? Yeah. They're going to take care of yeah. you. You're going to be their best bud, and you're going to make money. Just do what they want you to do. Right. Exactly. How long did that go on? Year and a half to two years. And then what? My first offender sat at the front table next to the stage. When you say your first offender, are you saying all the way back to when you had sexual abuse as a youngster? Yes. Yeah. He came into the club and sat at the front table and I stepped out on a stage and saw him and I just freaked out. Did he recognize you? I think he did because I went and sat with him after I danced. Why would you go sit with him if he was the offender? I wanted to know why he would be there. Oh. He was my dad. I wanted to know what the heck he was doing there and why was he there. He was your dad? Yes, my biological dad. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you find out anything that night? Did he confess and apologize for the... He didn't know that I worked there. I did ask him what he was doing there. He said, I didn't know you worked here. And he didn't... um, know what happened later he did not know that i was being sold that was a traumatic experience i imagine seeing him huh uh yeah it was actually pivotal that's when i ran because i'm a runner most trafficked survivors um sexual abuse survivors as well as physical abuse survivors children of all of these things tend to have the um what do you call it the 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 three f's fight flight freeze i froze as a child I flight during my adolescent and young 20s, and then now I'm a fighter. So where did you run to? Uh, to the next county. <laughs> the next county. Yeah. I ran to the next county, got to quit my job. I quit the restaurant, went to the next county, got a new job, moved my place of where I lived. Now a new job. Is that dancing still? No. The dancing that I did got me regulars when we were being sold that told me things that I didn't know, which 
they turned out to be clients after I left the club. So they developed a relationship with you and they would call you up for a little extracurricular activity. Correct. Yes. And that happened. I had, I think, four regulars. How many years did that go on? That went on, that only went on for about a year um, before I ran smack into the first man I married. <laughs> you run into your dad who abused you. And now yeah. you ran into, and then a couple of years later, you run into the man that you married. Mm-hmm. Was that good or was that bad? Well, I thought it was good, but it was after I got married, I found out I married a drug dealer. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> wow. This, you you did. You know, we're talking about the storms in life. Boy, you had some serious storms, didn't you? Uh, I had a few. Was there anything inside of you that said, I got to get out of this? I got to, I, I got to leave this. There's something that God has for, well, I can't even say if you knew, did no, you even know God? I didn't know God then. I mean, I knew there was a God cause I was raised in church, you know, but now that I look back through that volume of books, as I call it, is my parents played church. You go to church cause you're supposed to, it's tradition. And then I realized that they went home and did whatever they wanted but the church- so I knew about God. I just didn't have a relationship with God. So my running thing was every time you get into uh, f- unfamiliar waters, you're like, okay, what do I do with this? And you run. You just run. Or if you're scared or you don't know what you're supposed to do, you run. So if you run, you go to somewhere else, and it's almost kind of like starting yep. fresh. Yes. New. Nobody knows you. Until some more stuff happens. Some more stuff happens. <laughs> you can never outrun your past, huh? It no. somehow catches up with you. Well, it they say that, but I think you can outrun your past because when I ran into the first man I married, who happened to be a drug dealer, my next concern was, is the house being raided and them taking my firstborn child away from me? So that was another issue. And that happened? No. How are you dealing with all this? Are you doing <laughs> drugs or alcohol? How do you keep actually, your sanity? Well, actually, in the club, I was a drinker, half a bottle of schnapps just to get on the stage. Then I went to drugs. Um, my drug of choice back then was speed. I was afraid to fall asleep. So I always took speed. Why were you afraid to fall asleep? Bad things happen when you're sleeping. Well, yeah, that's true. Bad people touch you when you don't want to be touched and you don't realize it till you wake up, you know? So, I mean, my choice of drug at that time was speed. It wasn't downers. I hated downers. Um, I didn't like marijuana. Um, a few people tried to get me to take other stuff. Didn't like that. That scared me a lot. So what was the day, night, that it finally said, I can't do this anymore, and you decided to make a change in your life? What happened? I think it was when I married my first husband. I mean, things started changing because the woman who was his mom was the one that started um, praying for me, knew my stuff before I knew my stuff. She and actually, because his mother actually became a pivotal um, pillar in my life. I guess it was a few years after I was married, she introduced me to a young lady that would be my counselor for the next seven to 10 years. So what did she do to pull you out of your wild lifestyle? When my son, my first son was a year and a half, something major happened. We were doing drugs, me and his sister, my husband's sister, in our house, and something really strange took place that weekend. And I, I was high. She was high. She left with her baby and I, my baby was sleeping. And then something happened, which was kind of weird. But divine things happen and people don't understand it. 
and I have been one of these to learn from what's happening around me to pay attention, but maybe file it for a while. When he was about a year and a half, when she left the house that day, the house shook. I thought she hit the trailer with her car. So I went outside and she wasn't even there. So I come back in and I hear this voice. I mean, a deep, strong voice. Audible? Yeah, audible. To me, it was very audible. Like, what do you think you're doing? I won't ever forget it. He said it three times. So it was a he? It was a he. Was it God? Yes, it was. What do you think you're doing? I found my, that was on a Saturday night. Friday or Saturday night, it was on the weekend. And that Sunday, it had to have been Friday night. Because Saturday, I called my mother-in-law and I said, I'm going to this church. I've never been there before. It's in Slidell, but it's right off the highway. I'm going to go investigate it. She says, what's the name of it? And I told her. And she said, I know the pastor. Yes, go there. So I picked up my baby that Sunday morning and I went to church. Well, that Sunday morning I got saved. I was back the next Sunday and I got doused with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and was immediately delivered from drugs and alcohol. Wow. In your own words, you've had a lot of strange things happen in your life. (laughs) Yes. Strange things, storms, but you know, it kind of goes into the theme of today's shows that things happen in our lives, storms, Mm -hmm. strange things. We don't understand them, but God, the whole time is trying to pull us out of the storm that we are in. Did you feel that? Did you feel that, Hey, I'm finally getting some relief. I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. This God thing is starting to make me enjoy life. I'm starting to have fun again. Right. Well, it was different than what we're used to, which takes some um, strategic uh, planning. Well, maybe not planning, but um, being mindful of what you're doing and what you no longer want to do. But I actually woke up not only delivered from drugs and alcohol, but there was something I knew was different about me that I wanted to do right by my son. If you play off of a person's insecurity Mm -hmm. and all you went through, well, you're a dancer. I know that the extracurricular activities that come with that, but there had to be something about that applause and all these men just looking at you and just adoring you because you're this beautiful thing on stage. Did that have a effect on you of, of a trap of hard to get away from that life? Because you're finally getting some attention, even though it was the wrong attention. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably right. But I think I think the underlining thing, when I look back through those books and all those chapters, I believe that I was set up by my dad and he didn't even realize it, that this is what men want, teaching me all the things that men want. And I was impressionable child to believe that men wanted your body and they didn't want anything else. So he taught me that that's all men want. I found out different when I got delivered. Boy, what a change in life. I mean, and that's where a lot of people listening right now, Sharon, are going through is they do not have a lot of self-worth. They do not like themselves. I had one gentleman I interviewed over a year ago before he got delivered He said he couldn't even look in the mirror because he did not like himself. So with this new relationship you're beginning to have with God, Mm -hmm. is your self-worth, are you starting to see yourself in a different light that, you know what, I am 
something more than a sex object. I am a a woman with a plan from God, a destiny. Did any of that go in your mind? I don't say I can't say that that happened right off the bat because my my mother in law at the time. Um, I have to say she taught me warrior uh, strategic things that I didn't know about the word of God because she was a warrior in the spirit. She prayed a lot. She was a great intercessor, taught me things. And she said that to me, and it made so much sense that just because I was delivered divinely from alcohol and drugs, that doesn't happen for everybody. But she says, also, your deliverance is still happening some deliverances is a process. It's a process. That it, makes sense. It's a process. And she taught me that. So she said going to counseling would help me process the past so that I could deal with the now, so that I could live for my future. There you go. That's good. And That's a good when word. she taught me that, I never forgot that. Even though in those first 10 years of my children's lives, I have to say there was many times where she would get aggravated with me that she didn't think I was listening. And she... I was listening. I just didn't know how to process it all because it was so different from my other life. And when she died in 2006, a year, literally one year later after Katrina, it was almost like her mantle had shifted. And I remember every conversation. I remember every prayer she prayed over me. And it was almost like that first year, she literally was whispering to me, do you remember when I said? Do you remember what I said not to do? Do you remember when you need to go to the scriptures for this? And when you need help, you need to go call your counselor. So she, this lady, your mother-in-law, had a really profound impact. Yeah, she was the mother that I didn't have. And chances are everybody out there listening that, don't think there's somebody out there that understands them. There probably is. They might just need to look a little bit harder because God will place people in our path. Yes, he will. To help us get out of the storms in life. Yes. you. I ran right smack into her. You ran. She was a brick wall. Yes. <laughs> and it turned you into today. You are an advocate for women that have, tell the listeners what you're up to now and how you're helping women that have been involved with sex trafficking? Well, in 2010, um, I went through my last divorce. Well, 2007, I went through my last divorce. I was married a couple times. I'm not proud of that, but I was trying to find him. I guess I was trying to find a man that would help me raise my babies, you know, because I was a single mom. Well, in 2010, I moved into an apartment. My youngest son is living with me. Um, he's in high school. And, you know, what, backtracking back to when I was delivered divinely, I, I said a prayer to the Lord, and he honored it like nobody's business. Oof. Anyway, I asked him not to put anybody from my path, my last life, in my path while I was raising my babies. And he honored that. 20 years, I never ran into anyone from my past. Wow. Not and I mean, in a negative way. How long have you been doing what you've been doing, helping women? I joined an organization in 2012. But what stemmed from that was when I moved in my apartment, when God honored my prayer, he honored it up until 2010. In 2010, I moved into an apartment and there literally, I recognized it for what it was, but there was trafficking going on across the hall. They were taking girls at night, taking them out downstairs, putting them in a van, 
hauling them down the road and then bringing them back in the middle of the night. And I watched this for weeks and I knew exactly knew. what was yeah. I knew because the Lord had told me two years before that, that he, I would tell my story and I argued with him and I said, no, I don't think so. I said, I was glad that you protected me for 20 years and I didn't run into nobody, but I'm not going to do that. But he needed you now to help these young yes. ladies across so he put the it hall right from in you. My face. <laughs> he put it right across the hall and I couldn't deny it. I couldn't not do something. So I called this lady friend of mine who was an evangelist, and she knew somebody to contact who was actually just starting their organization in 2011. Okay. I got with her, ended up coming, becoming her PI, jo- joined their force, and told my story for them for two years. Then I shared the vision of Jubilee Havens, and they weren't in that place to do that. Moving forward, here we are s- six years later. I resigned from that organization and started Jubilee Havens. Is this an issue here on the coast? Yes. Human trafficking? In those hotels, you hear it on the news. There's one particular hotel they're always slamming. And then you, it's going on in the casinos. People may not think it is, but it is. If somebody right now is just divinely tuned in and said, oh, my God, she's talking about me, what would you tell them to do? Well, we, they can call the human trafficking hotline which is national. And, and what, we, and we also have uh, a local crisis now. Thank goodness. What's to the national number? 888-3737-888. That's the national hotline. Okay. One of the things about survivors is, is they have been told by their trafficker, their daddy, their handler, their boyfriend or whatever, that you can't trust the uniform. And to a point, they may be right, but they're doing that to downplay. Right. So that you'll trust them. Yeah, you'll trust them. Right. That's exactly right. Right. How's life for you today? Good. I'm still having some storms, but they're much different, <laughs> like everyone else in the world who has come through what we've come through. Have you rescued a lot of girls in all the years you've been in business? I have not personally rescued, but I have personally taken it upon myself that when I hear about a young lady that needs a place, we have I have called partners that we um, have to call them to see if they have a bed available to make sure they get a bed. Now, do you ever need volunteers? There might be somebody listening and said, I, that is saying, I want to get involved in and help you. Right. Well, we do have a um, training coming up for volunteers who want to help with Jubilee Havens on May 14th at the Margaret Sherry Library on Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi. What do they do? They can go to our Facebook page and they can also go to our website. And that's Jubilee Havens. Havens. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say to anybody out there? If you are a survivor of being trafficked, sold for sex, however you want to call it, and you need help, you can call the national hotline or you can call our local crisis line, which that number is 844-738-0590. One more time. 844-738-0590. And that's all confidential? Yes. Title of the show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life. How do you get the hell out of your life? You keep running until you run into the brick wall that's going to save you. Hey. And that can be a person God put in your path to help you out of the mess that you were in, to hey. get you to see him. You know, I run into you off and on here and there, Starbucks, and you're always doing good things, Sharon. I'm so proud of you and what you're doing, and Thank God you. bless you. And I'm so sorry for all the pain that you had to go through in life, but... The one thing that I've discovered with God, he'll take our pain and turn it into a purpose. 
Yes, and if no one's read the Purpose Driven Life book, I am living my purpose. You're living your purpose. Well, thank you for coming in and visiting and sharing your story with our listeners. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. So, my friend, what storm are you in? Fear, doubt, drugs, money problems, relationship problems. God wants you to know that he can calm the storm in your life. I might not be the brightest light bulb on the shelf, my friend, but there is one thing I know is that the real Jesus can and will calm the storms in your life. Do you know as a friend that I have a job and my job is to encourage you, to inspire you, to help you reach your potential in life so you can become everything that you were created to become. That happens when you get the hell out of your life. And that's what this show is all about. Friends, going through storms strengthens your faith, strengthens your identity of who you are to understand what Jesus did for you on the cross does for you each and every day, even if you don't recognize it. It's time for you to surrender to him 100% so you can leave the storms of your life and walk into the sunshine of peace and purpose. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to calm the storm in my friend's life to turn the rain of doubt, of fear, of worry into rain of grace, rain of awesome power and comfort in peace. We know you can do anything, Jesus, and we trust you right now for a touch through this broadcast to my friend on the other side that is listening. We thank you for what you're doing today, and we thank you for what you will do tomorrow in our lives. In your precious name, amen. Now, if somebody out there wants to hear a crazy wild story that will give you some faith, I would love to send you a copy of my book, The Promoter. It is my story from before Jesus to after Jesus, the struggles, the sex, drugs, rock and roll. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to write this book and be honest and transparent so other people will realize that it doesn't matter where we have been in life. It doesn't matter what we've done and what we've seen, that when we surrender to God, he will remove the storms in our life and give us that peace and power that we so desperately need to survive in today's world. My email address is ron at the promoter.org. Send me your mailing address. I'll drop you a signed copy in the mail. Any questions or comments or stories of faith? Maybe you have a story that you want to share visit my website, thepromoter.org, and also like our Facebook page, thepromoter.org, for inspiration. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, God loves you, good things are coming for you, because God is going to calm the storms in your life. Make it a great week. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. 
For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.